Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. I'm Dan Lobby. I'm Mary Kay Cabot. And I'm Scott Batsko. And this is our daily training camp podcast. Now we weren't with you yesterday. Uh, we kind of ran out of time, but we are back today. And we're going with a slightly different format. We're still going to do the topics thing, but we're going to go with a few less topics today. We're going to go six points, not first and ten, six points. And then if somebody wants to like try an extra point or go for two, uh, maybe, maybe we'll do that. Uh, but let's get started. I'm leading us off today. I'll go with the big news of the day, Phil Dawson. He officially announced his retirement. He retired as a Cleveland Brown. They signed him and put him on the retired reserve list. Um, I thought it was a great kind of speech from Phil and, and a good press conference. It certainly rivaled what we saw from Joe Thomas uh, last year. It was uh, all around just a good kind of moment for this organization. And, uh, you know, hopefully for these fans in 20 years there'll be a slew of these guys that were legends for this team having these retirement press conferences maybe with some Super Bowl rings attached Um, but you know Phil Dawson I I guess the question here is kind of what did he mean to this franchise because fans really loved this guy yeah you know they really did you kind of have to put him up there with Joe Thomas in, in terms of being the face and voice of the team through all those horrible lean years the expansion years all the way through up until he left here in 2012. I mean, they were class, professionalism. Uh, You know, they were just, they loved this town. They loved these fans. And I think that's the one thing that really stands out to me about a a guy like Phil is he's been other places. You could see up there during this press conference how much the Cleveland fans meant to him and the love that he got from this town. And he said, it's good to be home. And, you know, he, he was from Texas, but... You know, this is a second home to him just in the same way it is for Joe Thomas. Yeah, I, got, I got two things. Number one, he's he's the best kicker in Brown's history. That might be sacrilege to say to some people here because the road out there is named after Lou Groza. There's a big picture of him on the side of the building here, and he's in the Hall of Fame. Um, I don't know how – I don't know that he's there without playing tackle as well. Um, never made a Pro Bowl um, until he – during the time, you know, all his Pro Bowls came when he was playing tackle, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he has he has Phil beat on points because he scored 800 of them on extra points. Mm-hmm. You know, he scored more points on extra points than he did on field goals. So Phil's, I think, career percentage is like 84%. Um, he, he's just the best kicker. The other thing is what you said about Thomas and, and Dawson kind of being the face of this franchise over the last 20 years, that's, that's kind of sad in a way. 
mm-hmm. that a kicker and a tackle are are the the at the top of the list of most beloved players that you know you'd want more out of a 20 year period mm-hmm. from a football team than that but but Phil Dawson I thought was great when he, when he talked today and I think it was it was a good way for him to go out yes yeah, so Phil Dawson Mary Cam I'm gonna ask you this I'm gonna put you on the spot because you of course are a Hall of Fame voter think Phil makes it to the hall. I was it's thinking hard about, for kickers to get into the yeah, hall. Yeah, oh, it's so hard Especially for kickers. Especially kickers that didn't win. You know, I hope that someday he gets in the room and we get to discuss him. <laughs> I really do. Yeah. Because when you look at the fact that he had to kick in these horrible conditions in Cleveland Brown Stadium and First Energy Stadium all these years, I mean, he he really deserves uh, a lot of kudos for what he was able to accomplish in these horrible conditions. And so I, I think that he is worth the discussion, and I hope he gets to that point where we can actually kick it around. He's twenty second no all time. <laughs> he's twenty second all time in field goal percentage, and he's had two seasons over ninety percent with the Browns. One one interesting nugget because um, I was curious: nine for nine in the postseason. Of course, two for two in that Pittsburgh game, and then uh, seven for seven during three games in San Francisco. And of course, today he talked about one kick that he would have liked to have had that he never got a chance to kick, and that was when Andre King couldn't get out of bounds, uh, couldn't stop the clock in Pittsburgh. It would have given him, maybe Phil Dawson, a chance to win that playoff game yep. uh, against the Steelers, and uh, it, it never came to fruition. Uh, but anyway, let's move on. We are to Scott now. Let's talk about Odell. Um, you know, he's been obviously the focal point of training camp. Kids are screaming his name constantly. And today he kind of put on a show. He did a little bit of everything, and we heard from him. Um on the field, though, I think today was a good example of all the different things that he could bring to the team this year. He was making spectacular catches, which I think are going to become the norm. Mm-hmm. So a one-handed catch he made off a Baker pass that um, kind of, I think, maybe caught him by surprise. I don't know if Baker just threw it because he was under pressure or if it was supposed to be a back shoulder catch, but he just kind of just reached back and you know did what you would expect him to do and, and caught it. He's opening up lanes for Jarvis to, to get open. Um Catching the ball and, and, and getting yards after the catch, we saw him do that when they were doing the, their drive period, trying to move the ball down the field. Um, and then after practice, he's you know catching punts. He's he's catching 100 passes off the jugs machine and doing you know most you know, I think 30 of them, 20 of them, 30 of them with one hand. So pretty uh, pretty incredible day for Odell. Yeah, and you know when we talked to him, uh, he admitted that timing between the quarterback and the receiver is important, and he acknowledged that it's still a work in progress between him and Baker Mayfield. They're not there yet. And there was one play in the back of the end zone that he did not come down with the catch. And he doesn't know Baker well enough to know yet, you know, basically when to high point the ball, you know, when, when to go up and get it. He got a hand on it, but Kirksey broke it up. And he basically said, you know what, once we get our timing down, it is going to be scary. And I have to agree with him. Yeah, one of the things that comes with those chemistries on plays like that, let's say that's fourth down and you're down four points. When you have that chemistry, of course Baker's going to drop back and just look for number 13 a lot. But when you kind of know where he's going to be and you just sort of know, hey, I get in trouble, maybe he's not my first look. I get in trouble, though. I know exactly where number 13 is going to be. I'm going to get it to him. We're going to come away with this this score that's going to put us ahead. That, that's kind of what you're seeking here in these practices in camp. And, um, you know, it leads to the discussion. Maybe these guys do need some reps in the preseason. Freddie Kitchens was asked about that today and seemed to indicate that, you know, guys do need to get that work in the preseason, but you also have to balance, you know, keeping guys healthy and you want them out there in September. But uh, this might be one of those situations where, 
you know, they do kind of have to carry a normal preseason load this time around to sort of build that chemistry. All right, topic three, Mary Kay. I'm going to go with the defensive line today. I looked out there at one point today, and there were, like, none of the starting defensive linemen were out there, and there are some injuries along the defensive line right now. Uh, And those key injuries are uh, Olivier Vernon and Sheldon Richardson are both out, and uh, Jannard Avery, who has been playing defensive line this whole entire offseason, is out with an ankle injury. We haven't even seen him for five days. So, you know, you're seeing a lot of backup defensive linemen get work. Uh, one of the ones that has stood out in my mind is Danik Wally. He, um, he got a pick yesterday off a tipped ball, and there's something about him. I think they really like him, and I think he's starting to come around. But it's, it's a little disappointing that they, they are not getting the reps and the continuity in this important time of camp with all of their offensive, defensive linemen. And, and another guy that Ern mentioned today was Devereaux Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Uh, he played really well. He's a guy that was, was around last year. Um, he, he's been playing well. Uh, he got in the backfield and absolutely smacked somebody today uh, on a run play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a guy that uh, you know they seem to like so far, too. You know, actions speak louder than words when we get to training camp. And Daniel Aquale, mm-hmm. he's playing up the depth chart. Uh, Devereaux Lawrence, he's playing up the depth chart. You know, they, they, they can sit there and say there is no depth chart right now, but if guys are getting reps higher up, it, it means something. Yeah, Chris Smith is kind of benefiting from Vernon being out. He's been getting first-team reps uh, opposite Miles Garrett uh, on the defensive end. And, you know, we, we've heard from the coaches when they've when we've heard about them pursuing or having people in for visits on the interior of the defensive line, you know, that, that didn't ultimately sign here, they'll come back and say, well, we're doesn't mean we're not happy with the depth. Well, now I guess we find out how good that depth is because we're getting to see it with, with, uh, with people out. Um, at the same time, I think it's not just the defensive line. I think there's a lot. We saw a lot of people, you know, David Njoku was kind of on the side during team drills and uh, yesterday it felt like Odell and, and Jarvis weren't in team reps as much. Um, I wonder if they're maybe paying a little more attention to that now that we were a good week in the, in the camp and that, that first preseason game is looming. And, and we're starting to see some roster moves, too, that kind of reflect these injuries. You know, they signed a tight end today. Uh, they added A.J. Olette from, from OU um, not that long ago, and the running back injuries were starting to pile up. They're, they're trying to add some bodies to kind of take some reps away from these starters. Uh, it's, it's, there's injuries behind them where the starters themselves are getting hurt, so um, it, it kind of tells you that it still might be a little while before we see some of these guys. Uh, topic number four, I'm going to go a level back from the defensive line, and I'm going to go with Mac Wilson. Uh, today was probably his best day, or at least the day that, that he was the most noticeable. Uh, he made a couple nice plays in the run game, and then, of course, towards the end of practice, he had an interception that he got up off the ground, uh, returned it for a touchdown. Uh, really good day for Mac Wilson. Sione Takitaki has gotten a lot of the headlines for the way he's been playing, how physical he is. Uh, but Mac Wilson, uh, a guy the Browns picked later in the draft, uh, but they like his coverage skills. They like the way he can play. He comes from that Alabama system. Uh, he, he had a really nice day today. Yeah, and he has earned some praise from OBJ. I've heard OBJ talk about how Mac Wilson has been flashing. And when you watch Sione Takitaki and Mac Wilson, you can see what the Browns are talking about and why they like those guys. They're both very, there's a lot of hustle. They're very aggressive. They're around the football. Uh, you know, they're, they're very fast, and you notice them when you look out there. Now, Mac and Sione Takitaki are playing almost exclusively still with the second and third team. But nevertheless, 
they are making some noise out there. Yeah, I'm wondering how much playing time Mac Wilson can play himself into at this point because there are, I mean, you know who the starters are at, 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 at linebacker with Kirksey and Schobert, and then uh, Taylor has gotten a lot of work as the third guy. Taki Taki has been in there a bit. Um, I'm not sure how Wilson figures into that and how he he works his way into 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 a rotation at linebacker. I think Wilk said the other day that he, he does believe you can rotate those guys from play to play, but um, you know, as a rookie coming in and learning on the go, I, I'm wondering if we're going to see him more on special teams and you know, but he is making plays. I think before today, the, the biggest moment he had was when he met Dontrell Hilliard in midair when Dontrell was trying to hurdle some players and there was just a big collision in midair. But uh, mm-hmm. but he did. He, he made he made plays today. All right, Scott, topic number five. Oh, Jesus, back to me already. <laughs> Let's talk about, uh, I think you, you almost uh, alluded to it there, the, the roster moves. Um, Blake Jackson got uh, released today with an injury designation. Um, I, I think it shows you how how training camp can go sometimes. He was kind of a story for the first uh, three or four days. It he was like... going to be a story on Cleveland. <laughs> yes, point. he was. <laughs> Dan's lost interviews. <laughs> yes. Um, but he was making plays and, uh, and, and catching attention. And, and, you know, and now he's, he's moved on it. I'm wondering, you know, Jalen Strong has come on the last few days and, uh, and been noticeable. He's catching touchdowns in the back of the end zone he had another one today where from baker that he kind of had to stretch and i think the defense was lobbying to say he was out of bounds but um came down with it but um that's another one a player off the off the list for that five and six spot yeah you know you look at this wide receiver depth chart there's not a lot of space for guys right now you you know so you we already know odell jarvis uh richard higgins um antonio calloway so that puts you at four Derek Willies, I think, is a guy that right now, if, if camp were breaking today, he would make the roster. He's getting a bunch of first-team reps. Even today, you know, when, when the Browns were healthy, he was getting first-team reps ahead of Rashard Higgins in, in a lot of situations. So, um, you know, I think right now his roster spot, nothing is secure, but I think right now he's certainly a front-runner for one of those spots. So now you're looking at one more spot. So for the Blake Jacksons and the Jalen Strongs and, and all of these guys, they're all kind of fighting for maybe one, if the Browns want to carry seven, maybe two more spots on, on this roster. It, it's going to get really interesting when the preseason games start. Well, Blake Jackson uh, just tweeted something today. So um, yeah, I'll, I'm going to read that. He said, remember the name. I was re- released today by the Browns due to a knee injury that will put me out six weeks. For anyone who knows me, knows that my journey has always been filled with hardships. This will not define me and will not be the end of me. This is all a part of God's plan. And it is unfortunate because he was really standing out again enough that uh, Dan spent 20 minutes with him <laughs> doing yeah. an interview and was going to write a really nice feature story on him. We, we sometimes call that the Dan curse. Yes. But, I do um, have a way of doing these things. But, uh, yeah, too bad because he, he was he was definitely making some noise out here. Uh, topic six, Mary Kay. Topic six is the orange and brown scrimmage coming mm-hmm. tomorrow at First Energy Stadium, 4 to 6 p.m. Tickets are still available, by the way. $5. They go for a good cause. Uh, but the orange and brown scrimmage, for the most part, is going to be like what you see out here. It's going to be a practice. And uh, when we asked Freddie about it yesterday, he said... 
uh, we're not going down there to put on a show. We're going down there to get some work done. So it's not going to be like, you know, a preseason game against each other. It's going to be a glorified practice, but nonetheless, an opportunity for a lot of fans to come out, see the team, be in the stadium, feel some of the excitement, maybe get some autographs, and have some fun. Yeah, I I was actually a little surprised that he's downplayed sort of what it's going to be, because every year it's it's always been sort of a a fun event. You know, a few years ago, uh, they went down to Ohio Stadium, and even though it wasn't even a padded practice, you know, they really put on a show down there, and then... You know, the last time we were there was sort of the same thing. Obviously, we're sitting outside at a picnic table here. No one on the podcast is under arrest or anything. Um, you know, they, they've they tended to put on a little bit of a show and make it feel like a game. So, you know, one team will line up and go against another, and then they'll run it back the other way. Um, Freddie is indicating that that's not what they're going to do. I do wonder a little bit if maybe we'll get there and we'll actually be watching and realize that maybe it is a little more like a scrimmage or a game. But as of right now, it looks like it's going to be sort of a glorified practice at the stadium. Yeah, I'm interested to see uh, how the kickers perform there because mm-hmm. um, they've kind of been uh, – they'll, they'll, here they'll get uh, – at practice they'll get a day of uh, team period and then they'll be kind of off mm-hmm. from team and then they'll come back. Now they're kicking in the stadium, uh, the place where they're hoping to, to get the job to actually do a full time. And um, I think it was uh, – Yesterday, Freddie might have said it, um, might have been Mike Prefer who said that they're going to try and put him in pressure situations uh, during the scrimmage and see how they perform. And they're, at this point, they're both guys who need to perform well. Absolutely. All right. So there we go. Oh. I'm going to. Do go, we have an extra point? I've got an extra oh, point. We got an extra okay. Point. All right. My extra point today is uh, there were some sort of celebrities out at practice today. Yeah, true. Brad Paisley was here again. He was here last year. I got a chance to interview him last year. That was kind of fun. So he was here. He, he talked to some of the guys, uh, took a picture with Baker Mayfield, spent some time, I think, talking to Freddie Kitchens, who said afterwards that he is a big fan of Brad Paisley. So that was kind of fun to All see right. him. I don't know country music, but I imagine we've probably heard Brad Paisley music here during training. Oh, yeah. We for sure have. Okay. Um, and then Kurt Warner was here today with the NFL Network, and he spent a considerable amount of time talking to Freddie before practice. Those guys were on the Cardinals staff together. Well, not the staff. They were on the Cardinals together when Freddie was tight ends coach and Kurt Warner was the quarterback and they went to the Super Bowl. And uh, so they had a lot to reminisce about. And then Bernie Kozar was here. So uh, some some big names and some big faces here today. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know did how Brad much I have to add to that. <laughs> did Brad Paisley recognize uh, Joel Petonio this year? So that Probably. was kind of a thing last year. I asked Joel about that last year. Yeah? When I uh, I talked to him at the end of camp, I did a one-on-one with him, and I asked him about it. Joel was very Joel Betonio-like about it. He was very diplomatic about the sure. whole thing. But I can tell you there is a segment of Twitter yes. that, because of that moment, questions Brad pra- Brad Paisley's Browns fandom. Well, Not it, necessarily us, because who knows? Maybe one day he'll end up on the podcast or something. In so. his defense, you know... Unless you're here every day, you don't really see Joel Batonio nationally. I don't know that we've talked. We've talked. We talked about this at the beginning. This is an organization that has had a left tackle and a kicker as the faces of their franchise, and I think Joel Batonio has sort of been that too. I don't know. I don't I'm not going to let him off the hook for that one. Okay. Unless that's him walking right by us. <laughs> All right. He'll be doing nationwide commercials with Brad Paisley next. That will do it for the Orange and Brown Talk podcast here on Cleveland.com. For Scott and Mary Kay, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening, everybody.